Hi, and welcome to Season 2 of Big Sound Small Town, the podcast that spotlights the talented and diverse musicians in small towns and communities. This season, we're branching out to include the community of people who make it possible for musicians to be able to perform their music. The producers, the recording engineers, the venue owners, and many others. And as always, the small town musicians. Remember, small town doesn't mean small talent. Hear their stories. Big Sound Small Town is coming to you from the Earl Scruggs Center in beautiful Shelby, North Carolina. And my guest is photographer Daniel Costin. Hey there. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Glad to be up here. I've been hearing about this show and uh, glad I finally could uh, get back up here and, and talk to you today. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come up here and do this. Always, always glad to be back in Shelby. This is uh, the cities and the Scruggs Center has been great to me. Yeah, let's since, start with that. Then. Yeah. Tell me about the last exhibit you had here. I uh, was uh, asked by the Scruggs Center to do an exhibit on musicians in North Carolina. We uh, titled it "Carolina Calling" after the name of Arthur Smith's sure, TV yeah. show, and I knew Arthur, and obviously he was featured in the show as well. It was really fun to put together a show about the musicians that I have met photographed, known, been friends with, still friends with. It really was about a lot of the musicians that influenced my work as a photographer. And it was really fun to put that exhibit together and talk about in this venue what those musicians and those photographs meant to me. And I think it meant a lot to other people that came and saw the show as well. It was fabulous. I saw it every day, almost that month. I mean, it was great. Oh, thank you. How did you decide who to pick and what pictures to to choose? I tend to say I let the photographs tell me. There are certain things that say, oh, oh, I've always liked this one. Uh, As a photographer, when you have, you know, we were discussing Link Ray before we started rolling. Um, I have my favorites of Link Ray, so I always start with those, but then I have to go, wait, there's more. Because as a photographer, you you get stuck on your two, three favorites. And for this show, I actually, pulled together one I had not exhibited before, I had not or exhibited in a very long time, and it just felt right for this show. And a lot of it was back and forth between myself and Mary Beth, Meredith, who was the curator of the museum. And I also, I said, suggest things to me. Um, if you have favorites like Acoustic Syndicate, make me pull those out, you know, make me pull some things out of the archives that I haven't thought about in 15, 20 years. And that was, it really was a dialogue, and we kind of built the show from there. Take you to put the show together. It was about two or three months, back and forth. I tend to, uh, I kind of, I go into burrow mode where I, uh, they'll say, okay, send us blank, and I tend to work on it pretty quickly because with my schedule as an event photographer or traveling, working with other musicians, if I let it sit, um, it sort of gets lost in the backlog. So as soon as they said, give us blank, I really tried to uh, put the show together and, and put it in a way that I felt really good about it. And also, I, I, I was vested in it. I was uh, really believed in the show, and, and it was really, it was fun for me to dive down that rabbit hole and say, okay, what's here? 
what works, you know, okay, let's talk about the show, let's talk about uh, the musicians or certain experiences, and I really had a lot of fun. So I, anytime they said, oh, we need a more, bit more of this, it was like, great, you know, let's let's now, talk about that. Okay, well, let's kind of talk through an exhibit for, for these people. Okay, sure. You're choosing the pictures. I mean, you, you got some ideas, mm -hmm. you're choosing pictures. Once you choose these photographs, what happens then? Some of it, I mean, it was all um, putting together JPEGs um, that I felt like represented the show pretty well. And we got down to, I think you saw 38 photos on the wall. There were actually, I printed 40. Okay. There were a couple extra pictures that did not make the show and may make a show if this right. travels elsewhere. And eventually it was back and forth and say, okay, we've got these. And I always leave one or two as a wild card right. or, or something changes or, oh, let's add this person or, oh, wait, I just found this picture of George Clinton that from 1998, which did happen. We had settled on another one. I had taken him elsewhere. And this um, show where I had photographed him in, in Charlotte, 19, April 1998, finally turned up in my archives and I'd just been in a different box. Right. And it was like, oh, wait, here's a better one. Okay, so I, let's go with that. And then once we had those photos set, then Meredith said, okay, write about these yeah. people. I was getting ready to ask you yeah. if that was the part. Did you write about the, the stuff that was written on there? I wrote all of that. Okay, you wrote all of that. Yeah. Okay, see, I didn't know if that was, if people need to know that. I didn't know if that mm -hmm. comes from a curator or if it comes from you. Many times, anytime you're working with a uh, place like the Scruggs Center, sometimes security will say, okay, if you're not comfortable writing this, I will write this. I really am a writer first. I always say I, I tend to write through the camera. And that allows me to verbalize what sometimes what was going on around the, the photo, before the photo, after the photo. And for this one, they just said, okay, write about it. And you take, do you take notes of, of, or is this mental pretty much? Sometimes I need to do more notes again. My wife, Sandra, got me into journaling several years ago, and I've kind of let that lapse the last few years just because I've just been too busy or I haven't been in a place where I wanted to sit down and write or talk about the different things. But le largely, I can look at the photograph and say, okay, this is what was going okay, on. Yeah, yeah. it all comes back amazingly well, even now. It's funny, I was just having a conversation with a friend a few days ago, we were discussing an artist, and in the middle of the conversation, I remembered that I had photographed that artist with somebody else 15 years before. I literally had not thought about those photos in 15 years. And all of a sudden, it came back to me like I was there, like I was back there. So photographs have a remarkable way of kind of jogging my memory and saying, oh, yeah, this is what was going on around it, even now. Yeah. Well, I can use this, and it's pretty cool. Okay, one of the pictures was of uh, Ryan Steve McMurray. Yeah. And part of it, you said Bob Dylan was on that. Yes, yes, I remember that. It's really cool. So I'd seen him, and I, and I called Steve or text Steve, I can't remember. And I asked him, I told him it was here, the picture was here, and I asked him, did he remember? No. Nothing, nothing mm -hmm. you know. And I text Brian. Brian knew everything. You know, Brian was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll tell you where it was, and I remember, you know, mm -hmm. I remember. And I said, it says Bob Dylan was on the next stage. And he said, yeah. And I said, I said the same thing to Steve. And Steve said, I don't remember it. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, so, you know, it is really cool that you remembered it. One of them did not. Mm -hmm. but, I, but it's, you know, that was my, and that was interaction from looking at a picture for me that, that uh, 
I looked at all of those pictures really mm-hmm. hard and studied it because there were people I knew personally mm-hmm. also in there. And uh, uh, it was really interesting. And now that I know that you wrote that stuff, mm-hmm. it tells me that uh, it is more than just taking a picture to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. It's life. For me, photography and everything I've done creatively is uh, uh, me uh, conversing with my life as it happens, the people I've uh, met, interacted with, known, uh, the, you know, the, the different experiences as a, as a writer, videographer, you know, a lot of my work as a videographer, even though I, I sometimes refer to myself now as a lapsed videographer, um, <laughs> that still informs my work and in, in my everyday, everyday life. Uh, I always say that if you look close enough, my life is there. I'm not in those photographs, oh, yeah. but I am. Yeah. I, it's it's my experiences and my experiences with those subjects filtered through the camera. Right. I mean, it's not like you go, you take the picture, but but that's what it is. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's more to it right there. Obviously, mm-hmm. the love for music is there. Yes. I mean, yeah. That, that is, and and I'm sure in your other work, it comes through the same way. I mean, you appear mm-hmm. to be a passionate guy about mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yes. Which which breathes life into a picture as opposed to it being a picture. Yeah, I, I think, I, and thank you for saying that. I've been very lucky in that I still love what I do. You know, 25 years on, I'm still discovering things, finding things, and I think I, along the way I've become a, a better photographer. Uh, I, I can't say that I would, if you gave me the chance to photograph Mr. Cash or the Avett brothers in that, those situations, again, I wouldn't photograph them the same way that I did in 2003, 2005. Hopefully I would do a better job, but at the same time, the work is there. That's me at those moments, doing the best I can. And that's, if you saw me out this week photographing a a gala or luncheon or a couple of concerts, it's the same person. It's just me uh, in different stages. Yeah. And I guess that is kind of like your life. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is Daniel at 18 and this is yes. Daniel at you know mm-hmm. 22 maybe not the same guy yeah. One of the, we were discussing, you know, you were going to have me send you photographs of myself. I have a picture of myself with a toy camera when I'm four years old. Yeah, that's great. Christmas 19. I think it was in the show as well. And that's yeah, me. To a certain degree, that's still me. Uh, it's just me filtered through life 45 years later. That's pretty cool. All right, I'm going back to the exhibit. You're putting it together. Yes. You decided on the stuff. Now, okay, how do you get them in a form that the people see? I mean, we moved past actually a photograph that most people see to a piece of artwork, basically, mm. is what you've done there. Mm. Now, or do you do that? I, I or, or do you have to um, collaborate or... You know, do you have a printer that you use, or do you do that? I actually, I take, I worked with a printer in Charlotte. Okay. To one that was uh, relatively a good price, but had the look I wanted. Okay. Um, I used to drive every Eckerd's and, and Photomat in Charlotte crazy because I, you know, I wasn't pushy, but I knew what I wanted. Right. And I tend to go back to the places that I, would give me what I wanted. Right. And, but really, the easiest thing to do is get the JPEG, since we're now in a digital medium, which is funny because I, I only went digital 10 years ago. I, I went kicking and screaming into digital. Well, I, I know, I understand. Yeah. Uh, part, of this, part of what many young photographers 
did not have the dark room experience, mm -hmm. which is which I miss. I, I and, and actually that still is good for me as a, as now working in the digital digital medium because one I want to get it through the camera. I always say get it through the camera right the first time, right. and then everything else is a bonus. Um, but I still will get the JPEGs ready. Okay, this is exactly what I want, and it's like okay, print this. Don't overthink this. Right. It's pretty much I like. I always say I like machinery that doesn't think too much. Okay. I still want to think more than the machinery. Right. Okay, here's what I want. Just print it. It's good to go. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I wonder how difficult that was to get a printer to to have your vision of, the, of a completed project. It's not that hard, but you've got to find the places that uh, don't overthink it and are also affordable. You know, I'm a working jobbing photographer. You can send stuff elsewhere and you can spend way more money than you probably should. Um, you've just got to find, like anybody, when you collaborate in the creative process, you've got to find somebody who says, okay, I'm going to handle this, and they don't overstep what they say they're going to handle. So there's a couple places in town that I work with in Charlotte that I work with when I'm necessary, depending on the project and what they're looking for. If a certain look, certain tone, okay, let's let's go with this place. Okay, you're looking for this, let's go with that. And But I also keep tabs on who's doing what elsewhere. I've gone, you know, if I could find more local camera shops that did a, a job that I thought was was worth the price, I'd, I'd go there. I wondered if that, and I wondered how difficult those were to find, actually. There's not many camera shops left. I actually would like to find more camera shops elsewhere. I know I could do everything online, but I, I really like the brick and mortar aspect. I like working with an individual or a small company saying, here's what I want. Right. And that's how I was for years. I mean, uh, even when I was processing photos at Eckert's for years, which I did, I knew the guy who worked Photomat. I know the guy that worked the lab, and I'd say, "Here it is. Okay, I need this. Oh wait, I don't need anything about with this. Just process it. Right. You know. Okay, I need some prints. You know, just it was don't." Probably less a problem then than it is in the digital age when everybody mm -hmm. can add anything in the world. That, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot more that we. It, this is one of the things that's really changed about photography in terms of film and digital. Film, you did the thinking ahead of time. You thought about, okay, um, okay, do I want this color or black and white? Okay, let's shoot it in black and white. I'll load some film. I preferred Ilford black and white because it has a more silvery look that's more, um, more like, to me, certain tones of Kodak used to be in the earlier part of the 20th century. Am I, you know, I'm from upstate New York originally, moved down here when I was 10, almost 11, and my grandmother lived in Rochester. So, you know, I, I was very much influenced by the early 20th century photography look that came out and was largely influenced by Kodak, uh, exactly in both color and black and white. So you're shooting, okay, let's do a shoot on black and white film. Okay, I, I want it to have a certain look, so I'll shoot it at this speed. Okay, let's do it at this exposure. With digital, you can just say, okay, here we go. And you can figure it out as you go. Well, that's the one thing is you would sometimes you would shoot do a film shoot and you wouldn't get the best shot until shot 20, shot 32, 34. It's like oh, so many times it was like oh my god, I finally this is finally working, but we're on shot 36. <laughs> and now you, digitally you just you shoot shoot shoot, but you do all the work on the editing side, which. Um, has its own problems in that you can literally lose yourself in a dark room. Okay. I've seen way too many photographers just 
burn, 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 shoot, 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 and just kind of make it up in the dark room or on their computer later on, you know, whereas to me, Photoshop is, should be a bonus. Um, the dark room, I mean, you can make, a, in the dark room, you can make a really good photo, yeah. great, but the photo still has to be there. Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. I and, agree. you know, I pretty much in the, the show that you saw, uh, there really was no messing in any of the photographs. That's that was me. And some of the, even the earlier black and white prints were taken from early prints that I did uh, 15, 20 years ago in the dark room myself because, like, that's it. That's the look I want. Right. Okay, now let's, let's get a JPEG of that that matches what the print looked like as best we can. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I'd say there is both pluses and minuses. I guess there are. And really, a lot of it's down to time. It's like, well, I, and. Oh, it does. It is down to time. Mm -hmm. I agree. Dark room time is, is time consuming. Mm -hmm. I, I used to have a dark room in the back end of my house, and I, I used to spend a lot of time, you know, like Sunday night, you know, nine, yeah. ten o'clock. That's where I did a lot of my printing. Um, but that was just a couple hours. And now you, know, you can spend days on a computer catching up, especially if you're someone like me and you've got three, five events you're shooting a day. Um, you, you, you can lose yourself in that computer. I always say like I like out of town gigs because it means I get away from my computer for a while. But uh, you still have to get the photograph and I really still try to get the camera, get get the, the, the picture right the first time. And then everything else is like, okay, that looks good. Okay, let's tweak that, done. Are you using the same equipment today that you started with? Yes. Um, actually, you, we were discussing David Childers. Yeah. Um, I photographed David's new record, uh, Interstate Lullaby, which is a great record. It is. That's, I think that's one of his best. It really is. His best. Yeah. And David, how I got involved with that record was I ran into David as a sh at a show, and he said, I'm recording at Dolph's. Come by this Friday. And I think it was the one, one of the sessions with the full band. Yeah. And I got there and was taking pictures and Dolph said, well, would you be interested in tagging along? I said, oh, of course. And I said, by the way, if you're recording those two microphones straight to a, a quarter inch uh, Studer reel-to-reel um, -reel tape machine, I should shoot this on film. And yeah, so I, so the, the, all the pictures, all the black and white, including the cover photo that you see, were taken by the first black and white film camera I ever had, uh, nicknamed George. George's nickname for my mom's father. And what, and what is this camera? It's a Canon AE-1. Okay. And my dad bought it uh, used in Geneva, New York in 1981. And uh, I commandeered it 15 years later when I started taking pictures. And... It's always, I ne even when I went digital 10 years ago, it never has left me. I was, I'll break it out. And, it's, and there's certain projects that I say, okay, this, this should be shot on film. And that was one, mm -hmm. since it mm -hmm. was with the two mics. And that's, yes. Yeah. It just said, you should shoot this on film. I, I was still shooting that. some work on digital, and we did some videos as well. I did that with a different camera I, I, I have for different video projects, just a small camera that is portable, allows me to get the, the look and sound I want. But that one said, you should shoot this on film. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know if a lot of people can, but I do understand that. Mm -hmm. It's a certain aesthetic. It's a certain feel and vibe. And again, when you're shooting that 36 exposure roll of film, you got to think about what you're getting. What's the lighting? How, how is this going to feel? And uh, I think it reflects 
it's I think it looks better I'm really excited about we're good the record is going to be released on vinyl in the spring and uh, I, I can't wait for that yeah there's still a thrill for me as a photographer seeing your work on oh, on, sure. on a vinyl record uh, it's yeah, like that's sure. real I mean CDs yeah, are great yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know or digital that's that's cool but like a vinyl album like there's your work on a vinyl record it's like yeah that. now it's real now it's that's that's what got me into photography in the first you know photography and music in the first place when you as a kid I'd look at Beatles records look at Neil Young records and Simon and Garfunkel and go oh that looks like a good gig how do you take those pictures yeah, so liner notes you know, oh yeah I, I mean, oh yeah the, one of the biggest first thrills for me was seeing my name in liner yeah. notes mm -hmm. I mean that was huge same day, yeah which yeah. you don't see these days I mean, you lose that in the in the new market age or they just don't exist at all no, you know they, people just download the files sure. and that's it it's supposed to know it's yeah. yeah for me a record was a whole other world well, you know it's like oh what's going on here yeah. and you, you would pour through uh, all of uh, uh Will the circle be in broken? Sure. All the pictures and all the scribblings and all the notes on the Exile recording. Of, with all of the little pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, just, yeah. Exile on, on Main Street was you know those were largely photos taken by Robert Frank, you know very much in 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 line with the Americans project that he had done and uh, and the, you know all these little pictures of the stones that he'd taken on film. I think a lot of it came from a documentary that he did that. Has only been it's kind of it's floating out there unofficially, but it's like in the in the context of that record, it's like wow, yeah. look at that, and then you hear you prepare that with the record, and it's like oh wow, okay, that's and you a, that, actually know who plays yeah. these days. People are clueless, mm -hmm. largely, which is unfortunate. It is, it really is. I mean, um, but yeah, that that, that that piece of art ties mm -hmm. it all together to, to music in a way that doesn't exist these days. Mm -hmm. I think it can still exist out there, but you have to find the artists that uh, allow it to to do so. I think it's. I mean, yeah, it is kind of get you know it gets lost more in the in the overall wash of of uh, information that's out there and how people hear music and listen to music. But it's it's still out there, but you've got to find people who are willing to let that conversation continue. True, yeah. Do. Daniel and we're going to find out just where his interest in photography started. That's a good question. Uh, I think as I was mentioning to you, I have been wanting to create or create something since I was and really my whole life. I remember seeing Star Wars as a, on, on my fifth birthday and going, wow, that's awesome. How do you do things like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and then it was, uh, I always knew I was, I've been writing ever since I could uh, since I could. Uh, I largely had taught myself to read and write uh, just by the time I got to school just because I wanted to and I was, was wanting to create something different, some, something bigger than who I, who I was, who I thought I was and where I was at the time and I grew up wanting to be a filmmaker. I had uh, written and directed my own TV shows through high school and college started doing work in the video field and it was good but it didn't feel right I had toyed with photography here and there but I didn't take it seriously because I wanted to be a filmmaker and around 1995 I took a job as a sports writer with the Matthews record in Matthews North Carolina 
was 30 bucks a week, so it was gas money. Yeah. And uh, for uh, well, at least one article every week. And But they didn't have a photographer. I grabbed my dad's camera, started taking the pictures. Around that same time, I started working with a, a magazine in Charlotte called Tangents Magazine, which was a free-form, independent zine. Um, we... we uh, we were I always say we were everything all at the same time, you know, and it was a collective, so we were all throwing things in together. I came to them as a cartoonist, um, which is what I also had done through high school, and then immediately started doing feature writing because they did not have a features writer. And then I started covering music through that, through the, the music that was coming through Charlotte and then coming, you know, the local bands and then the regional national bands. Uh, our photographer at the time was not covering what I wanted to cover. I was into getting into indie rock, I was getting into 60s garage rock, I was getting into Americana, which was really starting to blow up in Charlotte and Raleigh and Chapel Hill. And I was like, well, I've done everything else, I'll just take the pictures of this. And literally the first five bands I photographed all hired me. Or was like, because there were so few people taking pictures of bands at that point. In Charlotte, there was Chris Radock, who was photographing for Creative Loafing and maybe there was somebody who would take pictures for the Charlotte Post or maybe uh, somebody with the Observer would photograph a concert here and there. That was it. They weren't photographing local bands. So by default, I found myself, hey, can we hire you to take our, our promo shoot? We just signed a record label. Can you come up and photograph our album? So I did that with bands like Lou Ford and Mercury Dime and a whole host of, and then... Yeah, Charlotte area, and then around late 96, we, I got the chance to photograph Farm Aid. Uh, it was in South Carolina that year, Hootie and the Blowfish were the kind of the big name, but it was Willie and Neil and John Mellencamp and all these people, and the Beach Boys. I should mention, backtrack and say the first show I ever saw in my life was a Beach Boys concert. Yeah, New York State Fair in 1983. Uh, my dad was moving all of us down to, my family down to Charlotte. He'd taken a job down there, and he took us to the State Fair. It's kind of a, a going away show, and you know, 33 years later, I ended up working with the Beach Boys. So, yeah, and here's the Beach Boys in 1996. You know, I met Carl Wilson. I met all. I met Doug Som that day, and Willie, and all these people. And it was just. I remember at the end of the day, going, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I should be doing more of this. Yeah. It. I always say, photography chose me. If you're lucky, things in life choose you. And photography said, you didn't plan on this. You're doing this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, music mm -hmm. did that to me. Yeah. Yeah. That was not my plan. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it just happens that way. You know? so. And you have to be open to that. I've seen so many people in life who say, well, I didn't plan for that. Well, you don't plan, hopefully, you don't plan for meeting the person who changes your life or you, you marry or, or uh, you don't plan on, in my case, my mom's parents being probably one of the most, two of the most influential people in my life just because of who they were and who they were to me, didn't plan on that. Yeah. But it said, this is happening. And I, I think it's one of the things that still drives me in life and say, okay, this is happening, let's go. In college, did you study, what did you study? As a video. video. I went to York Tech for a year. Um, I think I, I had this notion I could go to film school after that and I just... I was burned out on school and there just wasn't the right time and place. I had been working with a group of people in high school that I really felt like I was going to work with for a long time. And that all splintered once we all got out of high school. It's kind of like a band breaking up. It's like, oh, well, 
didn't plan on the band breaking up, but okay, now what? And so I kind of got into the working world as a videographer. It's funny how yeah. your life works out. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really mm -hmm. is. Because I, a lot of times, I think there is no plan. Or, or even if there is a plan, sometimes a better one just materializes from, mm -hmm. from living well, life. Well, permanence is a state of mind. Well, you know, it's, you can say, okay, I think about doing this, but you have to stay open to the possibilities of other things coming along. And thankfully, I, I didn't fight them. I didn't fight, well, uh, I, this doesn't, you know, I didn't plan on this, so I won't do it. Well, right. you know, if, if everything in your heart, in your head is saying yes, then why say no? I agree. I totally agree with yeah. that. Um, so, so, all right, that first farm aid, I guess that really puts you in, in, mm -hmm. in the, okay, this is what I really need to be doing. And it was a surprise to a lot of people, even to myself and to the people I was working with, because I remember tangents, those folks saying, well, you're a features writer. I was like, well, a year ago, I was a cartoonist. So uh, I just said, I'm doing this. And around, along that same time, you know, the scene in Chapel Hill and Raleigh was really starting to take off. A lot of bands were getting, you know, breaking nation, nation, nationwide. Whiskey you know, a Whiskey Town, who I did work with, Backsliders, yeah, and Backslide. Super yeah. Chunk. Yeah, um, Archers of Loaf, uh, it was a, a lot of, and I had access to these folks because I would go out and see them and they'd say, hey, you came from Charlotte to see us? Well, can we, can we look at your pictures? Can we buy them? And pretty quickly, I hit the road. Yeah, and I'm I, sure. I, And it really was dovetailing with me going, wow, there's so much music in North Carolina. There's so much regionally, there's so much nationally. Yeah. I wanna go out and see, I wanna do it all. You know, I, I've, always had a, a love of the work of John Cohen, uh, Walker Evans, yeah. uh, all these people who just went out, you know, uh, Dorothea Lang, and all these people who, you know, and then you know, we were discussing rock and roll photographers yeah. like Jim Marshall, Henry Diltz, yeah. everybody who ever worked with the Beatles, um, Michael Cooper, uh, it's like, okay, there's something here. And I, I want to see if I can get to that place, or I can. Can I do something that feels like that, but maybe better? Yeah. Something that means that something extra to me. It's uh, not only is it creating history; it's creative history. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it's a twofold deal. Yeah, I and mean, it's changing my life as much as they're changing sure. mine. And, yeah, and musicians yeah. need pictures. I mean, you can say what you want; mm -hmm. they like pictures of themselves, so they do, and, and, and it mm -hmm. makes so, them. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It it brings to life what they're doing. That they and people who see them can see it, as opposed mm -hmm. to recorded music. I mean, the visual yeah. part of it is yeah. strong, strong. Some musicians do want to see it, but some have a more. I don't say it's not adversarial, but they're more kind of, yeah, it's there, but I don't want to think about it too much. Sure, but that's that's like a lot of things in life. Sure. It's like it's like any corporation that hires you to do their photos of their conference and then okay we've got them and they'll never look at them or they won't look at them again until somebody says oh can I look at blank right. um, but yeah, some musicians all that way mm -hmm. but I know at the same time I want to document this right. I want to see these things right. happen and later on I've had a lot of musicians and I, I meant to say changing their lives as much as they're changing mine uh, I've had so many musicians thankfully come back to me and say I'm so glad 
you got that. I'm so glad you were there, even though I know I was a total butt to you yeah, yeah, that like day. That. You know, I've had varying relationships. I've actually had largely good relationships with everybody I've ever worked with. Um, but I do understand that M- musicians, mm-hmm. I mean, they're like anyone else. You have bad yeah. days. I mean, yeah. I've played with a lot of people who I couldn't wait to and find out, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe not so great. Or you meet them a second time, oh, yeah, what was that? Yeah, what was yeah. that? Yeah, I agree. I'll, totally. I'll give you a good example of the. the Records that I shot early on that actually you know was released nationally was uh, a musician named Andrew Bird who's yeah, still out yeah, yeah. amazing musician he I had met him through the Squirrel Nut Zippers yeah. who I knew and had who photographed another, the, another, yeah another yeah, one yeah. and uh, he came to Charlotte and did a show in January of 1999 I went and shot one roll of black and white run one roll of color and Andrew was not having a good day and uh, I remember. In the middle of the show, he started talking. I said, "You never know. You know, you're you're on the road. You have one of those days." At that exact moment, the uh, alarm on his van that was parked out in front of the venue went off, and the doors were open. So the doors, the the, the sound of his car alarm goes through the entire theater, and he's at the other end. So it's just like it sounds just booming, and he didn't even crack a smile. It was just like. And I sent the photos to Rykodisc, which was his label at the time. And the label loved them. And he was like, oh, that was the worst show of the tour. And they, and they said, no, no, this is like Vanity Fair. This is, you'll, you'll want this, you like this. And those became the photos for his next record. Nice. And promotional shots. So uh, suddenly I'm in a Rykodisc album. So uh, yeah. pretty cool. On his bad night. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he should even see the, the humor in that. I I think he would see that now, but you know, again, it's that that is the one the, the one great thing about photographs is um, the photograph may not change, but your perspective as the viewer does. That's um, true. You look at one of my pictures of Mr. Cash, and they were obviously very powerful to me when I took them, viewing them. 17 years later brings a whole host of other emotions you know and it's like that with a number of artists that i've worked with so in that but that's life changing you changing your look at everything and then changing how you or i uh look at the photographs true i mean and and, yeah i think as you as you age the experience you had Mm-hmm. Sometimes it seems just totally different than it was at the time. Very, very. I'm I'm amazed looking back at some of the things I did as a photographer and driving all night to photograph a show and then driving home or, you know. People don't know that people don't see that. No. I mean, they see, no. They see the picture. They may be impressed, but no one knows that that what went into that. I mean, I mean, okay, sure, you made it. And a lot of times you developed it. Mm-hmm. They don't see the drive to do it, the time spent to go do it, mm-hmm. the drives back. But, you know, I mean, I mean it's more involved than, than what anyone ever sees. Mm-hmm. Same with being in a van. I mean, yeah. Oh, you're driving all night to get to the next gig, yeah. you know, and then be ready. And I largely don't like sharing the, the day-to-day uh, details with people. I'd rather just have you look at the work yeah. and, you know, uh, 
it's only in retrospect. You know, on, on my Facebook page, I tend to list all the events I shot day to day, but I only do that after the fact. Right. If you saw me that night, hopefully you wouldn't notice that I, that was my sixth event that day. I'd sprained my ankle on the third event. Um, but hopefully you just said, hey, Daniel, how are you? Yeah. And I took your picture, and hopefully it was a good picture. Then later on you go, oh, gosh, I had no idea that was what was going on with you that day. That's pretty cool. But I, 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 sometimes it's good not to give people too much information and just let the photographs oh, speak it, for themselves. For what you do, yeah. I think it is. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Now, that's all. Did you get a sense that you could actually at some point, hey, not only am I doing this and it's fun, but I'm actually becoming successful at it? I mean, was there a point that you thought, hmm. this is not really not really a hobby that I'm making money at, but I'm pretty daggum good at it, and, and it's working totally? It was uh, a few people. We were discussing Link Ray. Yeah. Uh, Link came to Charlotte in January of 98 and did a show at the Double Door. And I took a, a lot of photos, and then for whatever reason, he came back four months later and played the double door again. And I showed him these photographs, and he's like, you're really good. So you're a really great photographer. You should do more of this. And I was still considering myself a learning photographer at that point. And I was like, oh, okay, if Link Ray's saying this, there's something here. I, I probably, I, I knew I was capable. I knew I was working with bigger names, but... Success sometimes is um, is fleeting in terms of how to des describe it for me. You know, success was just being able to pay the bills. Right. You know, and it was great when I could, or the the the, the times where work was leaner because of this and that. Um, it was like I might be working with these great names, but I, it was like I was still struggling to pay the pay the bills, and and it's like uh, you know, it's like your, your view gets a little skewed. In that respect, it's. I think it's more in retrospect that I can look back and say, "Okay, I've done some good things." Well, you know, I, I wondered at some point that you have to take on non-music photography jobs to to uh, keep yourself afloat. I always was, you know, as the one of the things that was happening as I started doing more work as a photographer was I started doing more work as a videographer. Okay. So literally, I was, you know, working out. Did a lot of work back then with the city government channel. You know, you go off and uh, photo, you know, do a video of a council member somewhere in the north end of town. Then I drive to Chapel Hill and photograph a band. Come back, do it all again nine o'clock the next morning. And over time, the video work went away. And then it was like, okay, how do I make a living as a as a still photographer? And Charlotte was was difficult to break into, um, somewhat because I didn't know these people growing up. Uh, and you know, all the years I was working with Mr. Cash and Les Paul, I was on the road, so a lot of them didn't see me week in, week oh, out. Oh yes, yeah. so, so so you, even though you were doing something as a photographer, pretty spectacular, mm -hmm. no one really realized what was going on, say in Charlotte. And this was in the pre-Facebook MySpace oh, era, yeah. you know. Unless I ran into you on the street and you'd say, "What have you been doing lately?" Nobody would know. Right. And uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe I post about it on my website. People don't follow that the way they follow those things on social media yeah, now. I was just going out and doing it. And for many years, I didn't feel successful because I was paying the bills week to week, month to month. Yeah, struggling like we all are. You know, just taking care of things, that, the things we want to take care of. It's really only in the last several years as I've been 
very busy as an event photographer and also still going out working all these bands, I go, okay, the bills are paid for this week. No matter what, the bills are taken care of. Um, I am still doing what I want to do. Okay, maybe maybe I am, I, you know, define success. If that's successful, okay, then maybe I have. Sure. Maybe I am. All right, I'll take that because yeah. mm -hmm. a lot of people I don't think are ever aware of success past the paycheck. I mean, I, I don't know that, mm -hmm. you know, oh, I'm making a lot of money, but is it, you know, is it doing what you want to do? Mm -hmm. is it For me, it's been about doing, um, do I want to do this? Okay, let's go do that. Um, money comes and goes. Obviously, it's, it's good to be able to pay the bills sure and take care of, of the things you need to take care of day in, day out, weekend, month in, month, year in, year out. But really, it's about, okay, this is calling to me. I want to do this. Let's go do this. Yeah. And that's still what drives me oh, all yeah. these years later. Well, that's good. I mean, that's, that's good that it still does. Mm -hmm. I mean, the road or, or, or the stuff that comes with it happens to be you down. But sometimes it mm -hmm. does. It can. It, you, uh, it, and that happens when you're not successful, and it happens when you're really successful. True. Well, it comes over the women then. I, mean, mm -hmm. I do Very. understand that, too. I have seen some great photographers get really amazing gigs in the first year of their photography, and then they hit a lull, which we all do in life. You know, nobody can run 200 miles forever, and something happens, and they've quit. And in retrospect, it's like, why did you do that? But it's like that's they got used to a certain um, certain buzz, a certain kind of oh. Oh, it's like this. Well, if it's not like this anymore, that I want to do, as opposed to no, it's just not. It's like this for now, but it can potentially be that again, if not greater. You know, first few, you know, about 2000, 2003, 2004, I was running pretty nonstop, taking pictures of bands, doing video work on the road. 2004, 2005, kind of, I started slowing down. I started working more with local bands like the Abbott Brothers. You know, I started meeting folks like Carolina Chocolate Drops, started going out and taking pictures of them. I just wasn't on the road all the time because, quite frankly, I couldn't afford it. Yeah, and sure. about 2010, and I, I figured, well, that was nice. That was a good run. I'll keep doing this because I want to do this, but maybe it won't be like it was before. And then in 2011, for whatever reason, it had been building without my, really my noticing it. And suddenly in 20, 2011, everybody in Charlotte said, oh, we can hire you for events. This would be great. And then that, about the same time, I started going out and work. I was, went to New York, worked the Left Bank, which was one of my favorite bands. Uh, suddenly I'm traveling again. You know, uh, I'm, I'm out doing things again. And suddenly I'm shooting five, six events again like I was. I was busy, if not busier, than I was before. And But all these years later, I think I because I was older, because I'd done more, I go, okay, I think I'm ready for this now. Yeah. And I think I appreciate this now way more than I did 15, 20 years ago when I was just you know, running from job to job. Well, now, it, during those days, did you have to come up with credentials every once in a while? Yes. You in places? Yes. I still don't have any official credentials. Oh, that's where I was yes. going. I mean, okay. Yes. I'm still <laughs> bluffing it to okay. a large well, degree. I, I mean... Access it, it, it isn't is, important. It's in, very important. In Charlotte, I thankfully I'm known well enough now, or people go, oh, it's Daniel. Yeah. yeah. But um, to get 
in our photograph shows, you have to have media outlets. So uh, for years, I would do things for the Charlotte Observer. But on the road with bands, literally any media outlet that said, yeah, use our name, go ahead. So there were, you know, there was a paper in Asheville uh, weekly that I used for years. And uh, it was just like anybody, you know, or zines in Charlotte. It was like anybody that said, yeah, go ahead and use our name to get into the show. I did that. I mean, I wondered how that would be because, Mm -hmm. you know, at at some point I wondered that now all you have to do is drop your name and you're in. Some venues, but, you know, if you go to like Blockbuster, I'm sorry, PNC Pavilion or some of the bigger places, you still have to have it all cleared a week or two in advance. The bigger shows, yeah, they, they... I think about all the shows early on, and I would just buy a ticket. Oh, yeah. Bring my camera in, take pictures, I'd find a place in the crowd to take pictures from, and that was all I really I needed, so, all yeah. I wanted, really. Yeah. But now, more and more, the, the bigger venues have to have it all cleared, and this and that. So it's a little difficult. So I, it's a variety of venues, but a lot of times in Charlotte, or even other places, I'll even... I've, I always knew I wanted to work more with the, the artists, with right. the bands. So a lot of times, say if I'm going I'll to work with the Monkees right. or the Beach Boys, it's through directly through the band, or in the Beach Boys' case, I've done a lot of work through their official fan publication, which is on the summer quarterly, and great place and, and people to work with. And I've, I've worked with them now 20-plus years. Really? Yes, yes. And so you have to set that up in advance largely, but... A lot of times it's like, hey, can I come and photograph you on Saturday? Yeah, come on. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. good. I mean, yeah. and, I, and I guess a lot of times the bands themselves get you in the venue yes. to do that. I mean, yeah. Which would, which would make sense. I mean, yeah. Havens would, would, would you probably have all access there. Not so much for the um, all access only is still reserved for Cracker Farm, who's been there, the guy the last yeah, 15 I can, years. I can understand that. Yeah, it, it, they're, they're very protective of, uh, of him. Uh, and even though they've known me now 20 years, and it's like, I, and be honest, I would love to go back and say hey to them, but if they're more comfortable with him in that backstage yeah, domain, yeah. fine. There's a lot more that he's not getting true. that I'm going to get. Yeah, this is true. And it, uh, call it, uh, you know, uh, truculence or uh, to. Again and uh, okay. Now, how long have you known David? David Childers. David, I met. Uh, I want to say '96. Uh, I actually have pictures of him at the Double Door in 1996-97. And you know, David, David is uh, amazing. David, I will put in the same uh, canon as Mr. Cash in that. He, he has an equal understanding and fascination of the light and the dark. And I think it's all there in the songs. And when David is behind it 100%, it is a powerful force. It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I guess that's a part you see in, in these people you yes. photograph too. And, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, can, I can see that. And I can, I can actually, seeing the two, I can see that how true that is mm-hmm. so that is just uh, that is powerful it is and and when somebody's able to express it and then put that out in front of an audience and the band that david has right now is powerful it is. they just i just photographed them about a month ago at a uh, 
benefit for Rob, uh, Bob Crawford's Press yeah. On Fund, and he had, you know, David will, will go out with uh, David Niblock, yeah. who he got in touch with through one of my books. Oh, really? David Niblock, I think he got my North Carolina Musicians book, and went, oh, I sh he, they, he and David Childers had gone to college together, so they got back in touch, and now they're playing together again, which is amazing, and he recently did a show, well, he started playing with the rest of David's electric band, which includes fiddle and guitar and bass and drums and you know his son Robert on drums. And they just, it was like a punk rock set. Just, <laughs> oh, but and they just, literally people just had their mouths open for 70, 75 minutes. And it was the emotion that he was putting into that. It was just like, well, here it is, you know, just like light it up and burn it. <laughs> David, David is that way, you yeah. see him and he's just, uh... Uh, he's not what he appears before he steps upon that stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's many David Childers, and I really enjoyed seeing the, the the Davids that have emerged over the last few years. You know, David has come and gone out of music a couple times yeah. for various reasons, and he comes back, and it's it is it's almost watching a phoenix. It it's is. like it's like he rises and it comes back more powerful. And, and that's di and differently uh, with a and different form too. Yes. I mean, yeah, he, he uses the energy from the people around him, the in the people in his band and you know, that includes his son Robert and Jeff on fiddle and uh Corey on oh, bass yeah. and uh Dale on guitar and it's like, Ooh, wow, this is this is heavy stuff. And then and then I see him with my bandmate Kevin Bridges, mm -hmm. those two swapping songs. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just um you know, or or he and Kyle. Yeah, that's been amazing to watch. That's one of those on paper you would say this does not yeah, work, and then you see them in person and go, "Wow, this totally works." So he can, yeah, it's amazing how he can work that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I guess I guess he's a well, you know, a deep well to photograph too because oh, uh, he is, he is, and I always try to get him when he's not thinking about me. Because that is in that the, the the cover photo of Interstate Lullaby is him looking off. I think it's before or after a take, and it was like I always tell David, don't worry about me, you you be you, you do, you know, worry about the recording and everything you you're trying to take care of. I'll take care of the rest. Your favorite person that you photographed? One of my favorites. Um, um, yeah, obviously David. I loved my work with uh, Chatham County Line over the years. Um, they always were my, probably possibly the most favorite group of people to photograph because we all had similar senses of humor. And one of their members is from Shelby, North Carolina. Yes. So. Yeah, and, and they've been shifting. They're now um, a trio. They have a new record coming out in May, and um, I still will go out and do some work with them here and there. And I just I love what they do. Uh, Mr. Cash, obviously, because of the that was off the charts. Was that intimidating? No, um, but I had to come to terms with what I was doing. In fact, that I there was a point, and I'll, I'll tell you how the, that those gigs happened, yeah, was leading up to the, the photographing the first show with him, which was the tribute show to June Carter, I just looked at myself in the mirror and said, Daniel, you're dreaming this. You're, don't overthink this. Don't get into how is it that a kid from upstate New York, when he reads about a, a, a Johnny Cash in a comic book when he's nine years old, suddenly is taking pictures for the Carter family, right, yeah, which right. is what happened. 
I happened to be at the Carter Fold at the right place at the right time. Something said, go up to the Carter Fold. And the Carter, you know, the Fold is an amazing place. This is back when it was, then it was run by Jeanette and Joe Carter, Sarah and B. Carter's kids. And I picked up that there was something going on the following week with the members of the uh, original Red Clay Ramblers. They were the announced band on June 21st, 2003. Uh, John and June had always come and played the fold around June's birthday, which was late June. You know, she was Valerie June Carter. And I, I, they mentioned in passing, oh, there's going to be a tribute show to June. But it, it was an unspoken thing in the air that just said, there's something else going on. And I got talking to some of the folks that work there, who all turned out to be Carters. They're all related to the Carter family. And one of them just grabbed my arm and said, don't say his name, but come back next week. And she took me around to all the Jeanette. Everybody said, this is Daniel. He's going to be taking pictures for us next week. Okay. So here I am, photographing. And I still paid at the door every week. I paid five bucks every, every Saturday to photograph that. And he came and played her tribute show on June 21st was not up to playing June 28th. I was supposed to be in New Jersey the week of July 5th photographing a festival and the festival fell apart. The week of, I went, okay, well, I'll go back to the fold and then went and photographed Mr. Cash's final public appearance, which was July 5th, 2003. I did not interact with him that much because there were so many, his health was precarious, to say the least. You were not aware of how bad his glaucoma was, which he did have. Um, he could see shapes. You were really not aware of that until you were sitting in front of him like I am to you. And even in that state, people wanted to talk to him and sign stuff. And, and so I said hello to him on the way out. That I just left it at that. But uh, to me, how he was dealing with all that and then wanting to be there for June, to play, to be there for the Carters and the, the Carter fold, crowd and everybody in that audience had some personal connection to Mr. Cash and June and the family so it was like okay this is happening go photograph that and he was actually supposed to come back and do some more shows in September late September and of course he passed away September 12th I it took me two days after his passing to realize oh my gosh I photographed Mr. Cash's last public appearances the only ones he did after June passed and you know the Carters and the Cashes did not have a lot of pictures of him that last year of his life, because one because the record company had already had hired somebody to do pictures of Mr. Cash 2002 for American Four, those subsequently used for American Five and Six, and I think they just weren't thinking about it. They were just trying to take care of his and June's health. Right. So um, it's been an amazing thing. Like, you know, I, I stay in touch with John Carter Cash. He's, he's used some of my photos for different cash projects. And he's told me and told other people that a lot of his favorite pictures of his dad from the last year are, are mine. That's great. How amazing. That, that's still and just that mind boggling to me. And that came basically on intuition you had. That totally. Totally. I mean, it was just like, again, something in my head said, this is happening. Go. Figure it out as you go. But that's go. how you got where you are. You realize. Oh, it. thank you. I guess so. I but mean, I mean, it is a. Uh, as with anything, it takes some magic too. You mm-hmm. know? And and, and uh, obviously, 
you carry a pretty good bit of it with you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And a lot of it is going out and be willing to oh, it is. make it happen. I think Jim Marshall used, I think it, it was, he didn't originate it, but Jim would often say, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Well, and that, and but, you, just, but you have to be willing yes, you do. to have luck happen, but uh, or, or put yourself forth, you can have that happen. But at the same time, yeah, I, I've been amazed. I, 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 even now, in retrospect, I go, yeah, I did that, didn't I? So yeah, I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, sure I, I'm really sure that, that. And what about the Les Paul deal? Oh, and that was two weeks after the last show of Mr. Cash. That was an amazing summer. It's one of those I look back and go, and it was. You know, that was a year after I, I did a lot of work in 2002 with the Down from the Mountain tour, yeah. which was a good experience, but was unfulfilling because suddenly you're working on a major tour with six major sponsors and nobody wants to pay for anything because of this profit margin, you know, hence the music business. Yeah, exactly. And I came out of that tour going, what do I really want to do? I think I need to know more, more about this music that I love. And that led me to the Carter family, led me to all these things, but it made me the following summer go, okay, let's go. It's, if I want to go do it, let's go do it. So I did photos with the White Stripes when they came to Charlotte. Yeah, that's too cool. The fall, um, I photographed Arthur Lee and Love on the Forever Changes tour, which is still one of the most best shows I've ever seen in my life. Um, that same summer, but so the last show with Mr. Cash was July 18th, July, July 5th, 2003. Uh, Les Paul came to Nashville two weeks later to be part of the NAM conference right, back when NAM was in Nashville, and I found out he was doing the Gibson Night of Guitars at the Ryman. Oh yeah, I gotta go see that. So I, I, I couldn't even tell you who I got the pass through. That Some of that's been lost to time. Um, they just, yeah, okay, you know, we'll have your name at the door. That's great. And I remember, this is way before the, you know, that part of Nashville got super, you know, it's, I, I love going that, you know, that there's so much to do in downtown Nashville, but I remember parking on the street in front of the Ryman, 8.30 on a Friday night, you know, driving straight, I, I did a video shoot in Charlotte that morning, drove through a rainstorm and, and got to uh, Ryman at 8.30 and walked in there and 20 minutes later, Les Paul's on stage. And then did photos with him the next day at the Country Music Hall of Fame where his original prototype guitar is, the log. So I have all these pictures of him with the log. And again, at the time I'm going, wow, this is really cool. And I, I, I know I, I slept in my car between that, you know, in the night in between, I think I drove back home after that. And because I largely did know people on the road and I wasn't always willing uh, to spend money on a hotel because you know I, I, you know, I didn't have it like, that's gas money you know I need the gas money and uh, spent two days around him and that was amazing and again it was like in only in retrospect do I go I was in some amazing air for that for that for that length of time sure and you know it's uh you can't recreate that either. No. I mean, it's the, it's no. the instance. I mean, yeah. I mean, you may create it with someone else. You can create something like it with something else, but it's but, never. But, it's all those factors. All this, you know, this person, this place, that moment, yeah. surrounded by these people. You know, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but walls that are painted red. You know, yeah. or you know, larger space was to a smaller space. It's like all those things and. Hopefully, as a photographer, you catch, or me, speaking as myself, uh, hopefully I caught some of that in all of the work.
Well, I guess also by one of the missed facts I think we didn't uh, touch on is you also get to hear a lot of really good music. Uh, and, I mean, and sometimes I, I wish I had better uh, memory of that. I've been, again, you know, I, I look back and all the musicians or music that I fell in love with as a kid or discovered as I was becoming a photographer, um, I heard, I worked with. Right, yeah, I always right. say all the bands that I was a fan of as a kid, and, and then as, fan, as, as I got into more into music in the '90s, I worked with them all. Yeah, that's right. How did that happen? But I, out of that, I, true. I mean, really, really is. is. It's yeah. a kind of, a, and I, it's, I rarely allow myself to say that, but yeah, uh, not everybody gets to do no, that. They don't. And I, I again, I, I, I recognize that more now at this stage. You know, doing like the show at the Scrug Center and some of the other exhibits I've done is like. Okay, not everybody has gotten to do what I did. No. So thank God I took a lot of pictures. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, just just the experience alone, even if you didn't have the photographs, is amazing. Mm -hmm. But unlike other people, mm -hmm. you have a documentary. Thank you, and thank I you mean, for saying that. It's, uh, and I'm hoping that other people down the road uh, can say, oh, either. He did that. I like to do that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mentioned John Cohen earlier, and I was looking at some pictures last night I did of John several years ago. And the first time I met John was in 2003, same summer. <laughs> Go figure. Summer. That's a good summer. And I told him that I was doing now what he was doing in the 60s. Yeah. And that was, my, that was a very idealistic way of saying that, but it was it – was, because John did so much more, but um, it, the, uh, that was the intent. And he just looked at me and sighed and said, good luck, man. <laughs> and there was more honesty in that statement than I think I've got from any other photographer. And hopefully somebody looks at my work down the road now or somewhere in the future and says, oh, well, that's a good idea. I should try that too. Do you see people's other, other photographs of photographers you were with at certain places? I mean, do you... Do you see those sometimes? Sometimes, not enough. And that's the thing. There was one other person taking pictures of the last show with yes. Mr. Cash. I have yes. never seen that photographer's work. I think I saw one picture online. It looked like it was early digital, and that may have all disintegrated. Thankfully, I shot on film. I kept all of it, and I've digitized it. And you know, and and then be, and how I got back in touch with John Carter Cash was about seven years later or eight years later um as almost completely a fluke i went and saw dale jett who was Saren ap's grandson he was playing at union grove i used to love the the, the venue at union grove the cook shack yeah. god that was so much fun it was like a smaller version of the carter fold it was so much fun I won and, a fiddle contest yeah, yeah i mean beautiful place and i that i can even again it's funny how these things come back through photographs. I was supposed to be shooting something else that night in Charlotte. They told me the wrong night, so I went, oh, okay, well, I'll just go to Union Grove, an hour away, and here's Dale. And Dale goes, Daniel, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, they're gonna um, reopen John and June's old house over by the fold next week, which also had been Maybell Carter's house. And come to it, John Carter will want you there. And of course, I had only talking, I had only spoken with, uh, John Carter once at that point, briefly, and I think it was like the year after his dad had passed away. So I think we talked, but it was like neither one of us really knew what to say to each other. And I came, 
showed up at the house and John Carter was like, oh, I've been meaning to get in touch with you. Do you still have all those pictures? And, and yes, and that has continued, uh, the relationship has continued up to the present day. So again, it's, it's not only taking the work, but also being able to hold on to the work and then trying to stay in touch with the artists or the musicians. If only because, and, I've, and the fam, I've given all my pictures to the various family members, Roseanne, and, and my philosophy is, this is your family. This is, I know what this per, I know what this per, you know, what Mr. Cash means to me. I know it means more to you. So and so, all of them have my pictures, and if they use them for books or whatever, that's a bonus. The mere fact that I have that relationship with them and they recognized me and what I did in those moments, that that fills many cups. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, who haven't you done that you would like to do? Oh, good question. Um, there's a couple that I would like to do. Um, Van Morrison is one, yeah. but I know. Van Morrison, yeah. I, it, but it's also that, okay, do I want to see him now as opposed to, you know, I'm a huge fan of Them, his first band. Yeah. Um, a good friend of mine just worked on a Them box set and he did a great job. And um, that's the, I would love to see, or um, Astro Weeks, I've been listening to yeah, Astro Weeks recently, like, oh my gosh, or see Dominic's preview. Yeah. And, but um, that's one, okay. That's one more. Yeah, that's the one that did not work out, I'll tell you the one that got away, is Chuck Berry. Uh, he came to do a free show in Raleigh in 2008, and for whatever reason, it just didn't work out, and my wife did not want me to, she had a bad feeling about that day, and I kind of had a bad feeling too, but you know, sometimes you're like, no, I, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm, yeah. you're fighting it. And who knows, maybe, and it was pouring down rain, it was like, I, I probably would have walked away with no pictures at all, but um, I've been very lucky in that just about everybody I wanted to see, I did see. Van Morrison's one, um, there's one or two, or they're more obscure artists. It's like me, but I've seen them in different configurations, or like definitely older like bands from the 60s. Um, I may have seen them all separately, but I'd love to see them together. Maybe that will happen, maybe that won't. but. There's a couple. There, I always say there has to be something that you haven't done yet that, that drives you, that says, okay, well, I haven't done that yet. Let's go do that. So there's, there's a couple out there. So we'll see. Well, we'll good. see. That's yeah. I, I hope you, I'll look forward to seeing if you get them. I, I, thank you. Thank you. And then how about new people? Oh, I have really enjoyed um, getting out and working with new bands. This is. In the last several years, I've worked with a lot of older artists, the right. names we mentioned, you know, Monkeys, Beach Boys, Procol Harum, Chad and Jeremy, one. Peter yeah. Asher. Um, that's been a thrill and a half to work yeah. with them. But the, I've been doing some work with local bands, original bands like Time Sawyer, yeah, um, Sinners and Saints, I just, you know, David. Um, there's something about working with a band on the way up yeah, that's completely that's different. Where I was going yes. With that. Is, mm -hmm. is that totally different than already established star? It is, but in some ways, it's it gives you more freedom, and that there there are no rules. You know, if I go to see, if I photograph the Avett Brothers now, it's completely different, different than me than going to see them. Sure. Showing up at Sylvia in York and hanging out with them and taking pictures. It is because so much has changed around them and they've changed and I've changed over the 
X 15, 20 years worth of time. Um, but when there's, I always say I don't, I'm not really much on rules. <laughs> um, anytime you tell me no, it's like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, I'm respectful of it, but I still think I can do something more. Right. So you, you know, it, it kind of it drives me to create something more out of, I always say define the box and then find ways to break out of the box. But there's something about showing up and, hey, you're here, okay, let's, and sometimes you, you do quick photo shoots, you do all these things that you wouldn't be able to do with a larger act because, you know, they've got a time and they've got to, you know, they've got to get out and be on stage by 7.30 and this and that. And something about when people aren't thinking about it all as much and it's just happening, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more freeing. So I really have enjoyed photographing a lot more newer artists. And it, it quite frankly, it's good because... Otherwise, I'll listen to the same things, or I'll fall back on working with all the people that I've worked with over the years, and I need something else to drive me sure. to create something new, something I wouldn't have planned on creating otherwise. Right. So that's one of the things I'm really trying to do more of right now is like, okay, who's out there? Who's doing stuff? You know, if, if I'm not working that night, Let's go out and photograph them, and let's see what happens. Sure. I mean, that's kind of the same way with the podcast. I've yeah. learned, I know a lot of people, mm -hmm. but I've also met a lot of people that I, I didn't really know. Yeah. Which has been a really, you know, joyful thing for me, and I'm sure it's the same thing. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, it is. You know, I've, I've met some really spectacular new young people, and... There's a lot of amazing, and that's been part of the joy of doing this show here at the Scrug Center is, is like, for me, it, it all ties together. You know, you've got the, the line from Earl and Doc and um, through to the Abbots and the Chocolate Drops and you know, now Darren and Brooke and yeah, exactly. um, all these people, you know, and, and if you're willing to go out there and, and find the music that's happening now, it's out there. It is. Yeah. I mean, you have to dig with All right, Daniel, let me ask you this. All right. Is there any new bands out of Charlotte these days that anybody needs to see that you're taking pictures of? Ooh, uh, definitely Time Sawyer. They are hitting the road all over the region. I hope you check that out. I love Temperance League, uh, just great straight-up rock and roll. Uh, there's a lot of different artists. I do recommend the Tosco Music Party, yes, which is, happens four or five times a year. I'm also one of the organizers behind Fab Fest, which is the Beatles tribute weekend that John does Father's Day weekend in June. Please come by and watch me talk, uh, do interviews, um, everything. It, it's a blast. Um, you know, go to the Evening Muse, go to Petra's, uh, go to the Visualite Neighborhood Theater. Um, Greg McGraw's website, Max Music, two X's, maxmusic.com. There's a lot of great musicians. I just did a show at, I photographed a show at Petra's last week. It was a tribute to uh, a band called the Magnetic Fields. They did a record 20 years ago called the 16, called 69 Love Songs. I shot that tour in Athens, Georgia in January 2000. And it was a whole group of musicians that are, I had not seen live and they all perform songs from that triple album and I loved it and it, it made me want to go and see what they all were doing individually so 
go out there. There's there's Music tons of great. Still alive, it's still it's still amazing, and it's been fun actually coming up here to Shelby and see who's playing the yeah, the, the breweries around here. Uh, there's Art of Sound coming latest. There's the Earl Scruggs Music Festival. Yes, and that I guess you'll be taking photographs there. I, I hope so. I hope so. I, I'm definitely going to be putting in to. Depending on, again, we'll see which media outlet I'm working with or which one I use at that point. Um, if, I, if I need something more than just, oh, I'm Daniel Costin, um, which still sounds hilarious and funny to say that, but uh, it's, it's nice when it works. Um, there's a lot out there. So I'm, I'm enjoying as much as anybody seeing that and then continuing to work with the bands I've worked with over the years. Well, I appreciate you coming and doing this. Uh, you're one of the true artists that I've oh. had here. Uh, you do your work with passion. I look forward to seeing more of it. Oh, thank you. What's thank you. In the future. Thank you. And let's run your website again. Yes, DanielCoston.com. That is kind of the everyday place to see a lot of the music and other uh, things and writings. There's a lot of my interviews are archived there as well. Uh, there's on uh, Facebook is just me, Daniel Coston. My photo is always my late cat because he was way cuter than I am. Um, Daniel Coston photos on Instagram, Daniel Coston on Twitter, which I don't use often enough, but I'll try to do more of that. Um, you can also link to, I have various other sites for my event photography, like danielcoston.photoreflect.com, but you can link to all that through danielcoston.com. And uh, it's it's all out there. So, you know, come by and check it out. You shoot local bands if they come to you. Oh yes, oh yeah. I love, and uh, again, that's, Oh, I didn't plan on shooting this band. Let's go do it. Okay. So whether it's local, national, international, if if the music's good, let's go. That sounds good. Again, thank you so much. Oh, thank you.